This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially those of our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentists. They're the best damn family-owned dentists in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. And if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group, located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast, brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee will improve the quality of your morning because it's rich in CBD and CBG and is going to have you feeling as great as I've been lately because their CBD infused coffee can help with all kinds of benefits like ridding yourself of some chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, and even more than that. Plus, I can attest that there are zero coffee jitters if you happen to want multiple cups in a day. I'm going at about three or four at this point. Zero coffee jitters. Now, when you head over to Strava Craft Coffee, you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, we're going to project the Rockies 2022 lineup as it stands right now. We know the Rockies want to go ahead and acquire a few more bats, most likely for the outfield, and we'll go through what it would look like with those additions, where they might need to target as far as the lineup is concerned, as well as what they currently have in the lineup right now, if they were to not make any more transactions. We're going to talk about Tyler Chatwood because, yes, it was on this day in 2017. He did sign that three-year deal with the Chicago Cubs, really starting a trend that we've been seeing in the last few off-seasons of Rockies players hitting free agency and other teams really coveting them, really saying there's some value to be had with these players. And for a Rockies starting pitcher to get the money he did, we'll review those details. For him to have gotten that after having a majority of his career at Coors Field, it's very interesting very eye-opening. I'm going to hit you with a couple fun facts because I know you guys like those weird off-the-wall statistics and interesting angles that we come up with here once in a while. But I do want to say that it is December 7th, so happy December 7th. And it's actually on this day, this date, December 7th, the Rockies have made the most trades of any off-season date. They've actually made five trades in their history on December 7th. Now, during the season, they made six trades on July 30th, and they made over 10 trades on the deadline date, which is typically July 31st. Those have been the highest dates for trades during the season. But in the offseason, five deals, and this goes back to 1999, the first one. They traded Scott Randall to the Twins for Chris Latham. Don't feel too bad. If you don't remember that one too well, one you certainly would remember, at least after the fact, two trades were made on the same day. Rockies dealt away outfielder Larry Bigby and second baseman Aaron Miles to the Cardinals for Ray King, fantastic left-handed reliever that had a very long career. But the other one that they made on that date in that year, in 2005, they dealt away Marcos Carvajal, who pitched in 30-some games that that season in 2005. I think he had an opportunity in the majors a couple years after that. But Seattle dealt to Colorado an important piece to that 2007 run, arguably the greatest catcher in franchise history, Jorvit Torrealba. So raise your glass to that nice little trade by Dan O'Dowd 16 years ago to today. In 2007, after that amazing run, the Rocktober, the postseason, everything 
to the World Series, the Rockies actually traded Jamie Carroll. I didn't quite remember that. I imagined it was the season after 2007. But no, Colorado did trade Jamie Carroll to Cleveland for a player to be named later who never broke into the majors. And finally, in somewhat of a contract dump, a salary dump, unfortunately a sad truth to something that we've noticed as being common in the franchise's history, but Colorado traded Houston Street and cash. They didn't actually trade that much cash, though, to the Padres for a player to be named later. That was a young man by the name of Nick Schmidt, who never eventually reached the major. So that's one, in a sense, you'd like for the Rockies to want to have that trade back, but that was a time in which they were a little bit more cash-strapped. They would go out in the next offseason and acquire Michael Kadire and start to spend a few more dollars. But at that point, they just really needed to give themselves a little bit of payroll flexibility and dump Houston Street on the Padres on this date in 2011. What happened on tomorrow's date, December 8th, 2011? Well, that was also a somewhat of a contract dump. Not as big, but they did save some money in that trade. We'll wait to talk about that one on Wednesday's show because that may go down as possibly the best trade that the Rockies have ever made in their franchise history. Let's dig into this 2022 Rockies lineup as it currently sits. So basic roster construction has it so that there are 13 pitchers and 13 fielders. Sometimes there's only 12 fielders or position players. You've got eight out in the field, and there's four coming off the bench. With the potential for the universal DH coming next year, it could be more common to have 13 fielders so that you do have still four bench players. The more this lockout extends into the offseason, I am a bit worried that we may not be getting that universal DH. It's an obvious slam dunk that everybody wants, that everyone can benefit from. But as I've been saying for some time now, the universal DH, yes, it, it benefits the game. It benefits the quality of the game, which doesn't exactly translate to dollars, or at least you can't track enjoyment. You can't track fan enjoyment of a game because of a certain element. Like how much more money are teams making and how much more is the ballpark experience earning teams because there's a runner out on second base in the 10th inning that might not necessarily translate into increased revenue if anything it might take away some revenue from teams when if you're going 14 15 innings you're showing a lot of commercials on your regional sports network and you're bringing in a couple extra bucks from that Nevertheless, it's hard to really quantify the enjoyment factor of having the universal DH, but one thing that you can attach to that is the idea that there is now a new position in the National League that you can have more veteran players stationed at. We think about Albert Pujols and Nelson Cruz as being designated hitters right now, and so that's half the teams in baseball that aren't really going to be going after these frontline players. Pujols, of course, well past his prime, but Nelson Cruz, he is playing quite the prank on Father Time right now and still doing it in a major way. But only half the teams in baseball are really going to be interested in him. So the Universal DH helps the Players Association expand that field and put more money out there for free agents since there's now a new spot in the starting lineup. It's not a new spot on the field, but it is a new spot in the starting lineup. So that benefits the players and the owners know that. And so the owners aren't just going to give them that without getting something back. If the players have to give back something to get the universal DH, they may ultimately decide, you know what, it is not worth that cost. Yes, the universal DH is a no-brainer, but for financial reasons, it's better for us to not have the universal DH because we'll be getting something else or we won't have to give up quite as much. It's, it's not a great situation, unfortunately, right now, because again, we know the universal DH would make the game 
a bit more enjoyable could possibly help the Rockies more than any other team, not just from the aspect of putting an older player there that hits massive home runs, but it allows flexibility to take a guy off the field but leave them in the lineup to catch their breath when you're playing 81 games of your season at over 5,000 feet of elevation. 5280 is no joke. We all know that if you're listening to this. And so 13 pitchers make sense on the 26-man roster, five starters, eight relievers. Of course, you can even flex that out to have nine relievers if you'd like in the early part of the season when there are a lot more off days. But that'll be the basis that we work from in trying to figure out the projected lineup for the 2022 Colorado Rockies. And the one thing I can project right now as being a fact is this week at the DNVR bar with all of our watch parties Wednesday. It really gets going for you guys at 5 p.m. We do have an Avs watch party. Nuggets and Buffs are going on, but Wednesday will officially be an Avs watch party at 5 p.m. on Thursday at 6.30 for Nuggets, Friday for Avalanche at 7 p.m., Saturday night, Nuggets at 6.30 p.m. That one's really going to be popping off. And we've got two watch parties on Sunday. The Broncos, who are back home against the Detroit Lions, of course. We've got the fantastic tailgate going down. You can come down to the bar at 10 a.m., hang out for a little bit before you take the bus over to the stadium, to the tailgate. All you can eat sexy pizza, all you can drink Breckenridge Brewery for our members. That is quite a steal. $30 takes care of all that. We'll bring you back to the bar at the end of the game. You can hang out and watch the Sunday night game or even hang out at the bar for the Avs watch party. That gets kicked off at 6 p.m. Remember, members, you do get a bigger beer on the corner of Colfax and York for the DNVR bar. You get fantastic discounts on gear every week when we've got our specials. And if you aren't a member yet, you know that 50 cents for your first month is where we're starting you off at, at the dnvr.com. But if you know that we're already bringing the heat, if you know that and you want to join with us, you can get an annual membership and you get a free shirt from the dnvrlocker.com. As I said, Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR and it's the official seltzer of DNVR as well. It's Breckenridge Brewery and their good company, Hard Seltzer, now available at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York. We keep it in stock, and we know that you might want to keep it in stock in your refrigerator at home. You can get it anywhere there to sell alcohol. You can get the 15-can sampler to get a little of this, get a little of that. It's the tap pack for number 15, Ryan Maltapia, as we like to call it around these parts. And I do want to mention, too, that profits from all of the good company, Hard Seltzer, by Breck Brewery is being donated to the National Parks Conservation Association this year to help prevent forest fires. So that's Breckenridge Brewery's Good Company Hard Seltzer, an easy choice for a great company. And we also have a great company we've been pairing with at snoozesleep.com. Yeah, that's right. It's Snooze Mattress and the Snooze Flip, the most universal mattress on the planet. It's one that's designed to fit every body. It's the world's first four-in-one mattress. What that means is you can choose soft, firm, cool, or cozy for your mattress because you know what? What you want today may not be what your body wants tomorrow. And typically, since one mattress can last eight years, a lot can change in that amount of time as maybe you get a little bit fitter or, hey, it's the holiday time, you might get a little bit heavier and you're definitely going to get older. You can flip it to choose your comfort level and zip it with a reversible and washable temperature regulated cover use code dnvr when you visit snoozesleep.com to receive 250 dollars off the mattress and 250 dollars off an adjustable base when using code dnvr at snoozesleep.com so making the lineup right now i first start with the defensive alignment and then i work my way towards the lineup so behind the plate we know Elias Diaz is going to be getting a bulk of the starts over at first base. CJ Crone has been re-upped for two years at $14.5 million. Brendan Rodgers is going to stay where he's at at second base. Stan Pat to not have to get him worrying too much about his defense. Get comfortable. Be that big bat that was taken third overall in the 2015 MLB draft. Over at third base, 
we'll have Ryan McMahon, which means someone's got to play shortstop. Ezekiel Tovar, not quite ready. You know, if you listen to Monday's podcast, I threw out a couple options from other teams that the Rockies could acquire via trade, but till this lockout is over, they have who they have. And right now, their starting shortstop, I project to be Alan Trejo. I do think they're going to try to make a move to shore up that spot, it being someone else with a bit more experience. But you go and look at what Alan Trejo did offensively down in Albuquerque, showed a bit more pop in his bat than you would expect. And when you consider the fact that he's got above average defense over there at shortstop, the pitchers are going to love him. And you can bat him lower in the lineup. In fact, you've got the DH, you could bat him ninth. Hey, that's great. Pick it over at shortstop, Trejo. But even if he bats eighth with the pitcher behind him, if there is no universal DH, don't forget you've got Elias Diaz now much higher up in the. You've got Elias Diaz now much higher up in the order. It's no longer a time of, well, the catcher bats eighth and hopefully you get something out of him. No, you're going to get something out of the catcher spot. Now you might be saying that about shortstop, but nevertheless, Trejo is going to be a shortstop as of right now in left field. Connor Joe in center field, Sam Hilliard, I think has a better opportunity and more upside to be the everyday guy there. And in right field, Charlie Blackman. So if that's who we're working with, that does mean Dom Nunez, of course, is coming off the bench. And we know he's going to get starts every two out of every five days. Garrett Hampson, who's going to be a great bench piece, still could go and get close to 500 at-bats over the course of the season. If there is somewhat of a platoon out in center field, Hampson may even give Brennan Rogers a day off over at second base. You might even see Rogers play some third base. You might even see Rogers for a spell over at shortstop just to give Trejo the day off if Hampson himself isn't over at shortstop. But again, McMahon and B-Rod, they've got positions right now over at third base and second base, respectively. Also coming off the bench right now, Jonathan Daza and Ryan Valade. I think the only player we're really missing on this list, and you might even swap him out for Valade, and I, I think I would, to be honest, because both Hampson and Daza can play outfield, is Colton Welker. Now, you'd really like for Valade and Welker to get more at-bats down in AAA rather than somewhat waste away on the bench, but that's pretty much what you got. There's nobody else on the 40-man roster right now that you're going to look to as being a bench piece. Of course, Tovar really being the the only guy on the 40-man roster that's not going to be on the 26-man roster at this point. Rockies will be doing other things this offseason frankly, because they have to. So here is the lineup that I've got right now, should nothing happen. Here's what I would like to see, slash what I think we will see for more of the majority of the season. It's a long year, and I think there could be a tendency to lean on some of the more veteran guys to eat up some at-bats early on in the season to really protect some of the younger guys so that they are not overexposed. But I think once we get into the dog days of summer, once we really get grooving, this is going to be the lineup we're going to see. Leading off and playing left field will be Connor Joe. Batting second and playing second, Brendan Rodgers. Batting third and playing third, Ryan McMahon. Batting in the fourth spot, hitting cleanup, CJ Crone. In right field, batting fifth, Charlie Blackman. Batting sixth and catching, Elias Diaz. Batting seventh as your designated hitter, Rymel Tapia. You were wondering when I was going to mention him. You were. Batting eighth and playing center field, Sam Hilliard. And batting ninth, playing shortstop, Alan Trejo. Now the first question, of course, is why do you take Tapia out of the leadoff spot? And it's really more about Connor Joe having earned the opportunity to bat leadoff for the Rockies. Now, even after a rough start where he was being shuttled back and forth on I-25 from Albuquerque to Denver, he still was able to have an on-base percentage shy of 400. It was at 379 with a three with a 469 slugging percentage. So provides a lot of pop. And 
I'm not sure if the the secret for the Rockies going forward is to have somewhat of a slugging leadoff hitter. Maybe Charlie Blackman has found the the secret to successful Rockies teams and, and having that pop out of the leadoff spot. Maybe that's the way to go as we look forward. Maybe not. But nevertheless, Connor Joe, I think, is a much more adequate leadoff hitter right now. And I think a lot of that can be aided by Tapia doing a good job lower down in the order with runners in scoring position. I think he might be a sneaky good RBI guy, especially one who's putting the ball in play. Well, hey, can you just loft a ball deep enough the opposite way? You try to pull it as well, of course, but he might feel more comfortable going the opposite way or hitting it to second base with there's a runner on third base. Okay, hey, great, good. That was a effective ground out. It was a productive at bat. I think Tapia would do a good job there batting seventh. Rogers was very comfortable hitting second last year. Now, I would like to go a little right, left, right, left in the lineup. And so after Joe and Rogers as two right-handed hitters, that means you got to have a left-handed hitter. And is Charlie Blackman still a number three hitter? Unfortunately, we can't really say that he is anymore. He's going into his age 35 season. And last year, he had his lowest slugging percentage since he was a rookie back in 2011, 2012. Only slugged 411, hit 13 home runs, 25 doubles, four triples. But this was over close to 600 plate appearances because he was hitting towards the top of the lineup. And would I have done it differently? Absolutely not. Because again, who else was going to hit towards the top of that lineup? Who could you have possibly overexposed throughout parts of the season? And again, he is a guy who can drive and runs. Had 78 RBI. Yeah, got a lot of opportunities, but he made the most of those opportunities. So that's still why I have him batting fifth, but I would rather have those extra at-bats going to Ryan McMahon. Also because with CJ Crone behind him in the lineup batting cleanup, now McMahon is getting protected rather than Elias Diaz doing the protecting of McMahon if he were lower down in the lineup. So McMahon batting third, Chrome batting fifth. We're back to the left-handed side in Charlie Blackman, back to the right-handed side in Elias Diaz. Tapia is left-handed. Hilliard is also left-handed. He's going to be an interesting guy who should get a lot of playing time. I think the one comparison that's been bandied about on this podcast by various guests is Joey Gallo because Sam Hilliard will take his walks like Joey Gallo. He'll strike out like Joey Gallo, and he'll hit monster home runs like all-star Joey Gallo. And he can play average to above-average defense, has a plus arm, and in center field, I think he could do a lot of damage. I think he could really build some of his own confidence out there in center field to the point that it could benefit him at the plate, make him feel a little bit more comfortable. We know right now he's playing baseball in the Dominican Winter League, getting some more reps, and I think the Rockies would do well for just sticking him out in center field and see what you got for the first two-plus months of the season. Again, that is if you don't make any more moves. One move you may need to make is one for your career with Ball Aeronautics and Technology because they are currently looking for production technicians at their manufacturing plant in Golden. You can read a full description and apply at jobs.ball.com by searching for Golden. Now, this is a job that's going to get you $27 plus per hour and offer you potential increases at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job. This is a role with skills growth built into it. And many production technicians can become maintainers, which is the next step up for the production technician. Employees who have started out as production technicians have gone on to other roles in operations, in management, you know that you have comprehensive insurance, active the day of hire, 401k for retirement, stock purchase, ownership program, even a potential for an annual bonus. There's major benefits for working for a huge company like Ball. So text GOLDEN to 77222 to get linked to their open positions or go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222 and take that hard-earned paycheck buy yourself a home with the expertise and support of Chevalier Mortgage. Now, Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. I have two sets of parents doing that right now. And thanks to folks at Chevalier Mortgage, 
the stress has been reduced extremely. In fact, it is non-existent with Chevalier Mortgage because they strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind with the highest level of integrity, always putting borrowers first. And right now, they actually have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you visit dnvrmortgage.com today, you can actually enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you can get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options, even if you're a homeowner, because right now with prices going up, that's creating natural equity in your home. And if you've got mortgage insurance, there's chances that you can actually refinance out of that by making the bubble work for you. So call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit www.dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has an offer every football fan should jump in on. New customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score, and when they do, because you know it's going to happen, you win $100 in free bets. Yeah, it's that easy. And it is that rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same game parlays. What you do is combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. So the more legs you add, the more money you can actually win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. And new customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score. And if they do, you win $100 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Now the lineup I did just go through, Joe, Rogers, McMahon, Chrome batting cleanup, Blackman, Diaz, Tapia, Hilliard, and Trejo, might not spark a ton of confidence. But right now we do know that the Rockies have a very strong starting rotation. It's minus John Gray right now, but the offense only needs to be so good to keep the Rockies in some games. We think the bullpen's going to be a little bit better. They probably still need to add one or two arms. If you do go back and listen the last couple weeks, you know that they did sign a Colorado product in J.D. Hammer. He did pitch in the majors in parts of the last two or three seasons, and so he does have some big league experience, and he could be sort of a Lucas Gilbreth for next season. There's also Reagan Todd, who's down in the minors, didn't get protected for the Rule 5 draft, but he could be a guy we see during the course of the season. So the lineup, while it might not be entirely sexy at first glance, it does have some projectability. And if the Rockies are still interested in going out and making some moves in the free agent market, it can be all the more better. So here's the dream scenario I think you can look for this Rockies lineup. Connor Joe and Brendan Rodgers still are going to bat one and two in the lineup. Then I would love for Ryan McMahon to be the next one up in the mix, but not batting third and not batting fourth. How about Ryan McMahon batting fifth? With Crone behind him batting sixth, Charlie Blackman batting seventh, playing right field, Elias Diaz batting eighth, and then you got Trejo at shortstop. Now, that lengthens the lineup quite a bit, quite a bit. You can even go so far as to say that there could be some mixing and matching at the top of the lineup and go Connor Joe and Charlie Blackman, kind of sharing duties depending on the off days with Rogers batting second. Then McMahon hitting fifth, Chrome batting sixth, Diaz hitting seventh, Hilliard as your everyday starting center fielder, and Trejo batting ninth and playing shortstop. So that leaves two integral parts. That leaves a number three hitter and a number four hitter. And that's really what the Rockies are trying to target right now in free agency. Of course, Kyle Schwarber would fit in nicely into either of those spots, batting third or batting fourth in the lineup. Chris Bryant would really be the perfect solution to the Rockies' woes, both in center field, 
that's a tall order for him to jump out there to play center field. He does have some experience with that. But him batting in the middle of that lineup, protecting Rodgers or just hitting in front of Ryan McMahon, those two together would be incredible. I think if you sign Chris Bryant and really make a bunch of smaller moves, I would love Colin Moran. I would love to see him in purple. I think he could be a good corner infielder type for the Rockies, especially, again, if there's the DH, that changes a lot of things. But if there's no universal DH, you've got even more of a crunch because now it's going to be hard to roll out Kyle Schwarber and CJ Crone every single day because you can't give both of them the day off. You also have Charlie who's going to need some days off. And so what is that not doing to your outfield defense where now Schwarber needs to play? Either he slots over in right field or Joe moves over to right, Schwarber's in left. So the DH, I think, is going to be really pivotal for the Rockies right now, especially when you consider the options right now in free agency. Another player that I think would fit in really nicely into the middle of the Rockies order would be Michael Conforto. He had a down season in 2021. I think he's going to want to look to rebound. And the Rockies are saving money with Trevor Story and John Gray, the money they were going to go and give him. And on top of that, they were talking about how they are going to spend a bit this offseason, a bit, not a lot, a bit next offseason. Sounds like they're going to spend quite a bit more, but you might even be able to go 20 million on a Michael Conforto for a one-year deal. The problem with Conforto is he did decline the qualifying offer, and so you're going to lose a draft pick if you bring a guy like him in. It would. Ha- I, I don't even know that it's worth discussing Michael Conforto. I really don't, because ultimately what's happening is Trevor Story leaves, you get that compensation pick you've been dying for all season long, and then you're ultimately giving one up to sign Michael Conforto, and that doesn't work. And the last time they did that was somewhat of an extreme case, but it was a case that has really hurt the farm system for several years now, and that was when in the 2016-17 offseason when they signed Ian Desmond they had to give up the 11th overall pick in the 2017 draft. And so they didn't get a pick until 40-something with Ryan Valade. So you can't ruin your draft board in 2022 by signing some of these players. Now, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, they were not eligible to receive a qualifying offer. So those guys are definitely going to be in play for the Rockies. Maybe even Jorge Soler talked about bunch, but the problem is outside of Chris Bryant, none of those other guys are going to fit in at center field. And so that's fine if Hilliard's going to be your everyday center fielder, but are you rolling Joe out there every day in left field? And Blackman, we know, is going to be rolled out to right field. And so now where's that room in the outfield to have the increase in pop, to increase in power? Sure, you could make Joe the number four outfielder, and he's bouncing around every day, but he doesn't necessarily have that flexibility. He's he's an inside-the-diamond player, originally a catcher, played third base, first base, so he's still learning the outfield. Another name that could be a fit is Kevin Pillar, but in my scenario, whereby two free agents that you sign are going to bat three and four, well, is Kevin Pillar a better number three hitter than Ryan McMahon? Not really. I know he did hit something like 15 home runs last year, but overall his slugging percentage was not terribly high. It was similar to what Charlie Blackman did last year. So, you know, Pilar was nice during the the 2020 season, at least that final month. I think he would be a good fit. But if we're just talking about the lineup, what we've got, the Rockies just need a lot more punch. And maybe mixing and matching could get the job done. Because in this dream scenario whereby the Rockies – bring in a number three and a number four hitter in their lineup, taking up a spot in center field and maybe over as DH. You know, that does leave your bench to be Dom Nunez, Garrett Hampson, Daza Hilliard, Rymel Tapia. So, hey, if those guys are on your bench, your starting lineup's got to be pretty solid. And so you might be able to mix and match and have some really good platoons with these guys who are now another year older, another year more capable of being a platoon player. It is hard coming off the bench when you're a young player and finding your spot and being okay 
just waiting around six or seven innings for that shot, for that opportunity. I think Tapia struggled with it a little bit last year in that role, but I think he could be that kind of a player. I think he would want to be. I think he would rather that than, you know, not really get the opportunity at all. And I think with four or five outfielders on a rotating basis, I say five because, again, Charlie Blackman, we're not sure what we're going to get out of him. But you can rotate through these players to both keep them fresh and to get the best out of them. So the lineup may look different every single day you come to the ballpark, but you have a pretty good idea who you're going to see in general. It's going to be Connor Joe, Brennan Rogers, Ryan McMahon, CJ Crone, Charlie Blackman, Sam Hilliard's going to be somewhere in the mix, Garrett Hampson on a couple days, maybe Colton Welker, Elias Diaz, Rymel Tapia, Alan Trejo. And that is before they really go out into the free agent market and pick somebody up. And speaking of free agents, I was able to find a list of the, well, it was 115 free agents that the Rockies have signed in their 29-year history. You got to add two more because they did sign Jolie's Chassin and CJ Crone as free agents. Sure, they did come from within their organization. And when you look at this list of 117 names, most of them do come from the Rockies organization. Or at least I should say the Rockies are more inclined to sign former Rockies that just became free agents than they are of any other team. I put it out there on Twitter. We put it out there on Twitter from the main account at DNVR underscore Rockies that Colorado has signed free agents from 24 other clubs. Five clubs they have never signed a free agent from. Never, ever, ever during the typical off-season time. And I, and I say that, that caveat with that asterisk, because Tampa Bay is one of those teams. They've never signed a free agent from Tampa Bay. And if you recall... In December of 2019, Colorado did sign Jose Mujica as a free agent. However, he was already on Tampa's 40-man roster and had yet to make his major league debut. So yes, we know what the definition of free agency is, but I think historically, when we think of free agents, we think of a player who has at least six years of service time and is out there in the open market and has somewhat of a resume and a pedigree to show other teams, hey, this is what I can do for you. I can maybe even do more than that if you want to cherry pick and look in in certain pockets and certain corners of my statistics and frame it in a certain way. That's what really what we're talking about here when it comes to free agents. So they've never signed one from Tampa, never from Toronto, never from Seattle, never from Boston, four of those American League clubs. Again, there, there could be some coincidences here Maybe, maybe not. We could notice some trends, not making any judgments, just reporting out these little bit of findings that I have, this research that I've done. The fifth team that they've never signed a true free agent from in their own division, the San Diego Padres. Now, they've signed players from American League clubs 26 times and National League clubs 45 times. From the American League, they've signed six from Baltimore, three from Cleveland, only one from the White Sox, Ellis Burks, if you recall, 1995, one from Detroit, that was just this past year, and C.J. Crone, two from Kansas City, Miguel Olivo, Desi Relaford, two from the Angels, John Habian and Ron Gant, who, come on, we know him as an Atlanta outfielder, maybe even during his time with the Reds, so... That one's a little bit off, but he did finish up his season with the Angels before he signed with the Rockies. Three from Minnesota, four from the Yankees, one from Oakland, lefty Alan Embry, and three from the Rangers. So the most from any American League team was Baltimore. Do with that what you will. Now in the National League, they signed one from the Diamondbacks, familiar name, Chris Iannetta. They signed two from Atlanta one of which is a familiar name, Vinny Castilla and Miguel Batista. Cubs, they signed six players, not the most, not the most. If you haven't already made a prediction as to what franchise has the Rockies signed the most free agents from, I haven't mentioned it yet. Four from Cincinnati, 
four from the Dodgers, three from Florida slash Miami. And now when I gave you the total for AL and NL clubs, I did not include the Astros or the Brewers because both of those clubs played in both divisions. And so I didn't break it down that into that detail. But the Rockies have signed four from the Astros, four from the Brewers. So 50-50, sure, however you want to break it down. Six from the Mets, two from the Phillies, Turk Wendell and Kyle Kendrick, two from the Pirates, Justin Morneau and Jose Mesa, five from the Giants, two from Washington slash Montreal, one of each, and yes, eight from the St. Louis Cardinals that the Rockies have signed. And I, I was going to leave you hanging, but I, I can't. All right, so who were those eight free agents? In chronological order, in reverse chronological order, Mark Reynolds in 2016, Kip Wells, yeah, that Kip Wells in 2008, Jeff Asaro in 2004, catcher Carlos Hernandez in 2002, right-handed pitcher Mike James in 2002, David Howard, shortstop in the year 2000. All those guys were signed to minor league deals originally before making the roster. Andres Galarraga in 1993, as well as Bryn Smith. In 1993, 37-year-old right-handed pitcher Bryn Smith, who, got to give you that fun fact, right, is the oldest living former Rockies player in the team's history. He was born on August 11th, 1955. So quick math, dude is 66 years old. He's the oldest. Not Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy, I think, is the second oldest, but 66 years old. And cleaning out my my notes here, I've I've wrote down here that Juan Pierre actually stole the 1,000th base in Rockies history. That checks out. 2,000th stolen base? I don't actually know. I was not able to find that out before I recorded this podcast. I'll find it out. I will. I've got it now, right? Got to put my money where my mouth is. I got to figure out who 2,000 is roughly. Could be quite the undertaking. And no, a Google search did not turn it up the first time I tried. Right now, the Rockies are sitting with about 2,800-plus franchise stolen bases. Actually, the number is 2,827. And so if you look at the current average of how frequently they steal bases, we know the stolen base has been somewhat of a lost art. So they need 173 for the 3,000th stolen base. Don't think that's going to happen in 2022, more of a 2023 thing. And a final odd fun fact that you may find is Cameron Mabin, believe it or not, he's played with 16 different Rookie of the Year award winners. Yes, he's been teammates with 16 different ROIs. In chronological order, Derek Jeter in 96, Beltran in 99, Ichiro and Pujols, both 2001, Rookie of the Year award winners. Now, keep in mind, Maven was not on any of those teams. I, I'm not sure what year he debuted. I think it was a lot closer to about 2007. But nevertheless, at some point, the paths crossed between Maven and these other Rookie of the Year award winners. Both Rookie of the Year award winners in 2006, Hanley Ramirez and Justin Verlander. Both winners in 2009, Andrew Bailey and Chris Coughlin. Craig Kimbrell in 2011. Sure seems like Craig, Craig Kimbrell has been around for a lot longer than just a decade. Mike Trout in 2012. Jacob deGrom 2014. Both 2015 winners, Carlos Correa and Chris Bryant. Michael Fulmer, right-handed pitcher for the Tigers in 2016. Aaron Judge in 2017. And Pete Alonso in 2019. Totally random. Yes, I know. All right, last but not least, it's Tyler Chatwood Day. At least that's kind of how I'll roughly frame it because on this day, four years ago, he signed a three-year, $38 million deal with the Cubs. Chatty did not actually play his entire career up to that point with the Rockies, did debut his rookie season, pitched fairly well in the American League with the Angels. His rookie year came over in a one-for-one swap for Chris Iannetta, a deal that worked out pretty much for both clubs. Of course, you know, you probably would have liked to see what Iannetta could have done 
in his entire career with the Rockies, but I think Colorado did well to get a guy like Tyler Chatwood, someone who probably doesn't get enough credit for what he was able to do in the Rockies starting rotation, you know, really didn't get going until 2016 in 2013, you know, he was healthy and had a 3.15 ERA was fantastic. A 142 ERA plus was worth 3.5 wins above replacement was hurt in 2014, missed all of 2015, but comes back strong in 16 and 17 is worth a combined 5.5 wins above replacement and shows yeah, you can be a successful starting pitcher in Colorado. John Gray was doing it at that time as well, but Chatwood got there just a little bit before him. Now, Chatwood has a career ERA of 5.19 at Coors Field. Not terribly great, but again, you see what his numbers were like on the road, and I think it helps you really appreciate how good of a pitcher he's been in his career. Has a 3.57 ERA on the road in 111 games. Now, how did that deal work out for the Cubs and Chatwood? Well, it worked out really well for Chatwood because he got $38 million. But for the Cubs, didn't really work out for a few reasons. One, while Chatwood was worth 1.2 wins above replacement, that's not worth $3.8 million. Also, his best season that he had with the Cubbies in 2019 where he had a 3.76 ERA, a 118 ERA plus was worth 1.5 wins above replacement. That was in the one year they didn't go to the postseason. They went in 2018 and 2020, but in 2019, they fell just short. 2018, we know, wasn't even on that postseason roster. We didn't get to see him in the wild card game, which, oh yeah, the Rockies won at Coors Field in 13 innings, thanks to a wonderful performance by Kyle Freeland, who went six and two-thirds innings, Scott Oberg for getting out of a jam in the 12th, saving it in the 13th, and of course, Mr. Tony Three Bags, Tony Two Bags, The Stash, whatever you want to call him, Tony Walters, one of the biggest plays in franchise history, but Tyler Chatwood, not on that roster, didn't play in that game. Same thing for 2020 when the wheels kind of really started to fall off for him, was mostly used out of the bullpen. And in 2020, he was really banged up, and so didn't get to see him in that wild card round where they got swept. A two-game sweep, yes, two-game sweep. And not one of those weird ones against an American League club where they fly in and fly out in just about 24 hours. No, remember 2020? They had a strange postseason with eight clubs from both leagues. So there was a wild card round. It was a best of three series. Yep, Cubs got swept by the Miami Marlins. A footnote. That was that was the end. That was really the end of the Cubs dynasty. They made another run at it this past season and was looking okay going into July, but couldn't put it together. And that's the end of that dynasty. Chatwood struggled also this past season with Toronto, with the Giants. Didn't get an opportunity to start at all. But I think he would actually be a good candidate to come back to Colorado. I think it would probably take a major league deal. Maybe not. Maybe with a guarantee of, look, we're going to sign you to a minor league contract, but you know you've got a really good shot at making this roster especially based on what he was able to show in 2019, where he only made five starts. So much of that 3.76 ERA was accomplished out of the bullpen. You know, Chatty was a well-liked guy in the Rockies clubhouse, and I think bringing more of those successful players back to the organization who remember those back-to-back postseasons. You know, Adam Adovino is another player that's a free agent right now that I think would do well for the organization to come back. Now, he may not be interested in that. Same thing with Chatwood. They might not think that they want to go through that lifestyle, living at altitude, what that was like, but there's no two ways about it. People love their time in Denver, just for what Denver is as a city. The organization is great, too, to play for them. You got to remember, not, not every guy is going to win 
that every guy is going to have a, a World Series ring, and so some of it can be comfort. And the Rockies take great care of their players. Denver is just a fantastic place to play baseball. Coors Field is a fantastic stadium. And so Chatwood, Adovino could make like Crone and Chassin and end back up with the Rockies and help out a 2022 run where maybe they can catch lightning in a bottle and surprise some people because Rockies certainly surprised in 2021. Could it happen again? Crazier things have happened, especially if Colorado can bring in Chris Bryant, maybe Kyle Schwarber, Jorge Soler, Colin Moran, keep your eye out for him. I think he could be a sneaky quality bench player on this roster. Don't like the idea that he may block a Colton Welker, but Moran can play some third base, some first base. Can't have too much depth right now on this club. And so we'll wait to see what happens. I'm working on something in the next couple days. In fact, maybe when you wake up on Tuesday morning, it'll be locked and loaded. About the fact that, yes, there's a lockout right now, so you're not going to see any transactions. You're not going to see any trades. You're probably not even going to hear any rumblings or rumors about trades, even though teams may be able to work on the side and negotiate something and navigate the framework of a deal. But teams are not going to be communicating about that in any way or any capacity as it goes against the whole purpose of this lockout. That being said, minor league free agents can still sign. They can't be guaranteed an invitation to big league camp, although depending on who you are, some players can all but be guaranteed, and you know you're going to be in camp down at Scottsdale. But the Rockies can still sign minor league free agents, and there are a few interesting candidates out there. We're not talking necessarily any future rookie of the years, and I don't think we're talking about anyone that's going to do what C.J. Crone did last year when he signed on a minor league deal. These are guys that are on the fringe but could really contribute to the bullpen, could be a fourth or fifth outfielder. Again, we don't know when the lockout ends if Colorado decides, you know what, somebody offered us a ton for Hilliard or Tapia. So we're going to trade those guys and bring up one of our minor league guys that we signed during the offseason, during the lockout. We don't know, but we do know there is still talent out there that the Rockies could be quite frugal and quite crafty for getting in on. So keep your eye on that at the DNVR.com. Remember, 50 cents for your first month if you haven't already been a member to the DNVR.com. We've got guests coming up for the remainder of the week. The next three days, we've got a live in-studio show on its way on Thursday, so make sure you're checking out DNVR Sports on Twitter for that schedule when it comes out. Make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR Sports YouTube channel. Please follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. So for DNVR Sports, it's been another day on the DNVR Rockies podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. The folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans, especially our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, and you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental only 15 minutes from downtown Denver.